Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Secret Cabinet the Secret Cabinet. And with that, welcome to The Secret Cabinet. The content is brought to you by Der Budler, who hosts this show in German and also another German podcast called Angegraben, a very cool archaeological podcast in German. And this episode is edited by Derek Downey of mboym.com, if you're into sort of electronic music and that sort of thing. And I am Travis Dow, also of the History of Germany podcast. Today, the foreskin of the Lord. One of the biggest curiosities of Catholicism is definitely the strange affinity for body parts and other objects that once, more or less certainly, belonged to long passed away saints. Of course, relics are not a Catholic or even Christian phenomenon. Also in Shintoism or Buddhism, one honors the remains of men and women. And even in the Shiite Islam, there is the honoring of relics in the tombs of holy men. And even a tooth of Muhammad is, until today, venerated in the Topkapi Palace in Istanbul. But particularly with the Catholic Church, this relic cult kind of took on strange blossoms with the conviction that some of the holiness of the saints that is in the things that they touched and used or um, even in their, you know, left behind in their remains on earth, so that maybe even the people that are close to these objects, some of this holiness might radiate off of it and therefore one tried to gather as many of these objects around oneself as one can and how genuine these supposed holy relics are barely even matters really or even how plausible it is that a certain object like the diapers of baby Jesus, which is in Aachen, or the straw from the manger, which is in Wittenberg, could survive and be preserved over all these centuries. Now, in the hierarchy of relics, the actual physical bodily remains of the saints are, of course, right on top. Because, namely, 
something, first of all, something had to have been left behind, like the bodily remains. However, as is known, Jesus did not leave a corpse behind when he went up into heaven. He just went up into heaven. And uh, same as the Virgin Mary, by the way. So relics from Jesus's environment or life could only come from his possessions, like his sandals, his robe, and so on, or come from his martyrdom, like part of the cross or the crown of thorns, or potentially body parts that he lost while he was still living on earth. According to Lucas chapter 2, verse 21, right after the Christmas scene, reads, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. That's the King James Version, if you're curious. So, and when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. The holy prepuce, or the prepuce of Christ, as it was called, was since the early days of Christianity, the object of heated debate. What happened to it? Did it decompose, or is it? does it still exist? If it still exists, how would one go about handling it? Could one pray to it, because it is a part of the Lord? Or could one only honor it and venerate it like other relics? But lo and behold, the relic popped up all by itself. Supposedly an an angel brought the divine foreskin to Charlemagne. Or maybe also the Empress Irene of Byzantine. Uh, Both were probably very easy to get confused by the chronicler. Charlemagne either kept it in the Aachen Dome or perhaps gave it to Pope Leo III on his empirical coronation on the 25th of December in the year 800, which is, by the way, a very original Christmas present, in case you're already looking around for, you know, good shopping ideas. But perhaps the holy virtue, as one also sometimes called the foreskin, somehow made its way to Rome, because in the Zacco de Roma, by the plundering of Rome's of Carl V in 1527, one of his mercenaries took such a relic but was captured on his way home and hid the holy object in his cell in the castle Calcutta. There, after a few decades, it appeared again and became the object of pilgrimages. And similarly, strangely, it disappeared again in 1983. Coincidentally, exactly as the even church officially recognized object, relic, um, became too embarrassing for the Vatican. But actually, that's not that bad because the little divine tip was also discovered in at least 12 other churches and is being venerated there. Namely, the Lateran Church in Rome, Charol by Poitiers, Antwerpen, Brugge, Bruges, Paris, Boulogne, Bessasson, Nancy, Metz, Le Puy, Conk, and Hildesheim. The foreskin in Antwerpen was especially famous because it, in 1112 or 1114, in the church of Our Lovely Lady to Antwerpen, it had already created a miracle. 
namely the the bishop of Cumbrae had personally witnessed three drops of blood fall from her. The cleric had a mighty chapel and a huge altar made out of marble made for her. Processions increased her fame. 1426 in Antwerp, there was a brotherhood from the Holy Romain of Jesus Christ was founded that had 24 official spiritual and layman members. Even though the Antwerp foreskin is supposedly already disappeared since 1566, the veneration still took place up until the 18th century. But maybe the real foreskin has more of a transcendental nature. Because some, during some ecstatic ecstasy of St. Catherine of Siena, Jesus supposedly gave her, as a wedding's ring, his own foreskin. And moreover, he supposedly personally placed it on her wedding ring as such. This ring, that supposedly only Catherine could actually see, is still on her finger bone, that is still being venerated along with her head in St. Dominic of Siena. But what is all of that next to the foreskin experience of the nun Agnes Blambekin, who died in Vienna in 1315, whose revelation her confession father documented. Already since her youth, Blambekin kind of sought after the peace which the young Jesus once lost. She especially tended to, and I quote, well, translation of a quote, on account of the circumcision, I always felt great sympathy because of the blood loss which Christ, too early at the beginning of his childhood, uh, had to suffer through. And on the holiday for the circumcision of the Lord, which is the 1st of January, directly after communion, it happened, quote, and there Christ, so weeping and sympathetic, she started to think about where the prepuce would be. And there, look, on her tongue, she felt a little skin, not unlike the skin of an egg, full of overwhelming sweetness, and she swallowed it. Barely had she swallowed it, did she feel the sweetness again on her tongue, and she again swallowed it. And she, so she must have done it a hundred times, and so it was revealed to her that the prepuce was resurrected with the Lord. But so great was the sweetness that she kept swallowing that she felt it in all her limbs and muscles that she could feel the sweetness or whatever. Her further hobbies included the kissing of altars. And the documentation written by her caregiver, Vita Revelaciones, 1371, was published from the Benedictine Bernard Pess, and, and the Jesuits then put it, included it into their index, which is, you know, hard to understand. I wonder why the Jesuits would ban such a thing. Still until 1874, the Lord blessed two more stigmatized, uh, one Celeste Fenouille and Marie-Julie Jaheny with a foreskin that he placed on their fingers as rings. By the latter, a whole 14 men saw the prepuce swell on the finger and become red under the skin. Her bishop was completely excited. 
There was a little bit more, more of an elegant solution by the Greek scholar and curator of the Vatican Library, Leo Alatios, who died in 1661, who tried to solve the problem of the whereabouts of the foreskin of the Lord. In a writing, De Jesus Christus, he speculates that the Holy foreskin went with Jesus to heaven and then turned into a, just newly in 1610 discovered, rings of Saturn. Somehow a beautiful thought. In case you look up to the stars tonight with the telescope and you see Saturn glowing over you, think about what you might really have there in front of you. (laughs) 